I head into the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. I guarantee you, the next year for the Razzies, the bee, the beekeeper will probably be on. on oh yeah, for sure. I'm still gonna go see it. Oh, it was fun. It was fun. It's stupid fun. Don't get me wrong, but it was still fun. It, it, it's one of those good old dumb action films where you just sit there, do not think about anything. And just let it happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll be, it'll be far more. Yeah, my flight back, I watched the 1966 Batman uh, movie, and I'm like, do not think. Like, every time I thought, I was like, what are you doing? Stop. Stop thinking. <laughs> <laughs> just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. And enjoy it here, folks. Welcome to the <clears throat> spoiler room. We are live here. How about that? <laughs> and we, are, we were just discussing in our off uh, after hours discussion about the Razzies and nominations and such. And if you want to hear that, don't forget to check out our Patreon. Uh, pardon my shill is showing. I know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, tonight, yes, we continue our Scarred Faces Month in the spoiler room where we're looking at films with the word Scarface in it. And I found five of them, folks. I did. And tonight we are looking at one of them from 1953. Yes, just as the Cold War was catching up. And I dropped that because it pertains to this movie more or less. <laughs> the Cold War, 1953, we're looking at Captain Scarface. So thank you for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair and popping your favorite drink with us as we talk movie spoilers. And I got a great crew with me tonight to talk about Captain Scarface from 1953. First off, he's back with us. He just flew in, and boy, is his arms tired. Ah, <laughs> sorry. Another than Joe Randazzo. Hello, Joe. How are you? Hey, everyone. <laughs> Glad to have you here. Glad you could make it to the spoiler room tonight. And with me as well, the man who keeps coming back for more. He's with us. He's slumming it with the spoiler room. It's another than Mr. Ian Simmons. How you doing, Ian? Very, very tired. I think Joe and I could have our own club and jackets and stuff, secret handshakes. For, oh, for, yeah. for tired, tired gentlemen. So yeah. Okay. So long day. <laughs> now you know what you're in for, folks. No. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, uh tonight uh we are looking at this 1953 starring the Viking. He who knew he lived this long so that he could actually star in a movie leaf erickson stars in this film he was also a like okay it's the they share the same name all right he's not an actual viking it stars a actor named leaf erickson and leaf erickson was look it up google history folks anyway <laughs> so i know you guys are tired but ian would you be able to do the synopsis for captain scarface if you don't feel up to it, uh, we can pass it off to Joe, or I'll, I'll even do it. I'll even do it. Uh, I'm going to give it a shot. I, okay. you know, this movie is short. It's an hour and 
10 minutes long. Yeah. <clears throat> this was um, quick. Yeah. Well, uh, no, it was an hour and 10 minutes long. I wouldn't say it was quick. Um, I it's very rare for me that I almost wrote this down I should have because I had the perfect turn of phrase but it's rare that I watch a movie that is both excruciatingly boring and also very exciting I don't know what was going on with this movie Um, (laughs) there's a boat called the Banos which yes does translate in Spanish to toilet It it does translate to toilet and every time they said, you got to get on board the Banos or the Banyo, I was like, no. Um, but uh, yeah, and there's a whole bunch of people who are trying to get on this boat and they're going to go to the Panama Canal. And they got this crazy captain named Captain Scarface. And he's got these illicit dealings with something or other. And there's like a, a scientist and his daughter. At one point, I, I actually wondered if this was like the quote unquote straight man inspiration for the movie Top Secret. Because it did very much feel like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it turns out there's this crazy communist plot to steer this boat through the Panama Canal and then detonate a nuclear weapon that is on board to completely disrupt capitalism and, and global commerce. Um, and our hero is that Lee Erickson? I don't know. Um, that is that is our hero, Lee Erickson. No, Sam. His name's Sam. So Sam. Sam. Okay, Sam, Sam, he is. Oh, that's right. Uh, Martin McLean is Captain Scarface. Never mind. Yeah. Captain Scarface. Um, but uh, yeah, this guy, Sam, he ends up, he's trying to get off this, uh, get out of South America because he was working on a plantation and he was having a, an affair with the wife of the plantation owner. And it's a big scandal. So he ends up on this boat after assuming the identity of someone that was killed and I don't know, Mark, maybe you should take this over. I, I, this movie seems like to be about 20 things and about nothing at all. I couldn't keep up. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, so what we have here is uh, the movie opens with an explosion of a boat called the Banyos. But then we see the Banyos right after that with our Captain Scarface standing on deck. And uh, yeah, they're loading up and they're preparing to take off on a trip. Meanwhile, we are introduced to Sam, who seems to be on the run. He worked for a plantation uh, where they were at. Uh, but after a bit of a run in with the owner, after having his own run in or run on or in run through run through with the owner's wife, there was a, a bit of a kerfuffle of sorts that involved him getting shot and him shooting the owner. And he has to make uh, uh, he has to leave quickly. Meanwhile, and again, this is 1950s, folks, so just get that. We have a German scientist who shows up who his daughter worked with a Mr. Uh, Kroll. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Clegg. No, uh, Kroll. It was Kroll that got him out. Clegg was the oh, guy. The, the Clegg's the guy that gets shot in the beginning, yeah. Clegg yeah. is the one that blew up the original Banyos, and Kroll is the one who he was going to meet to get paid. Kroll also negotiated to get this uh, German scientist back to his daughter, and they're going to get back to the States. So Kroll ends up getting shot when conflict uh, confronting Clegg because he, he was going to kill him. He is a really bad hitman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Sam oh, yeah. assumes the identity of Kroll, who is working with Captain Scarface, who has brought all these people on board. But it doesn't matter because Captain Scarface is a communist 
and he thinks our guy Sam is Krull, who was in on his plan to take this German scientist to arm the nuclear bomb that's on the boat for them to blow up the Panama Canal to disrupt the West's commercial lines. Everybody get that? Sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> I you know I I get it Mark the movie has the 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 name Scarface in it but my God we were on such a hot streak <laughs> we for were, January we were we were we were and then we hit this piece of Cold War propaganda that wow baby this <laughs> maybe we should have watched uh, the the other lady Scarface the lady Scarface <laughs> yo the other lady Scarface so you actually found six movies with Scarface in the title so I technically found six movies well if you then if you count the Lady Scarface sequels to the 2007 movie Scarface. I there's that sequels. Yeah, there's there's three other films. So there's Lady Scarface 2007 and there's three sequels and all of them are only meant for those who, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> back to Captain Scarface. It played in theaters, but you had to wear raincoats to see it. Yeah, and you pay that extra money, and the theater was dark, and nobody looked at one another. They just looked in the head. Uh, our, our title character, Captain Scarface. This is like Dime Store Marlon Brando. Uh, That's I could, a great way to describe they, it, yeah. If they would have remade this, I could have seen Brando playing this character. <laughs> like, later Brando. It's like... Captain Scarface, played by Barton uh, McLean. Uh, He's a great gangster movie actor uh, yeah. uh, from the, you know, the 40s, so uh, it's weird to see him in this kind of thing. I've never seen him as a lead, and mm-hmm. you know, after seeing this, I know why. He can't really carry the movie on his own. Um, <laughs> well, he tries to play the heavy, but it's like, you know, it, it's funny when this plays out, because yes, folks, this is a spoiler room, so it's just funny how this plays out to where you're sitting there going, um, wait, what? Because this goes from you think they're like sea pirates just smuggling something to suddenly, no, we have a nuclear bomb on this boat. We need yep. the scientists to activate it. We're going to blow up the Panama Canal because we're communists and we're going to take these Westerners with us. And I'm just like... What? We're ready to die. We're ready to die for the cause. That was yeah. That was the other big thing. <clears throat> yeah, you know, and I mean, it's so cliche, and you can tell. Like I said, the fifties, the Cold War was ramping up. Of course, it's going to deal with a nuclear bomb. Of course, it's going to deal with communists. And then Leif Erikson, our Sam character, could this guy be any more like manly man? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was uh, the, when um, the captain walks him in on uh, him and the, the girl in the cabin during that their first scene together. He like grabs her and smashes his face into hers. And then after the captain leaves, it takes a while for him to peel himself away. That was. Uh, mm. <laughs> well, yeah, he had to show that he's a manly man who's just, just going to take what he wants from this girl. Well, that's that's exactly it. Like it's to your point, Mark. It's uh, it's every like cliche of like the 1950s, you know, big strong guy that you could ever want to see or not see. He's such the definition of a 50s, you know, macho man character. I mean, he's got 
literally he's got the broad build too when we introduce they literally he shows up in this bar where the where the elsa played by virginia gray who's uh you know she was in quite a number of films too but he shows up at the bar and you're like okay he literally has his shirt like manly shirt i mean take any trope you've seen in the 50s of a manly man and he's dressed like him and he comes in and he's got a little bandage on his arm and his buddy Manuel goes, Hey man, he goes, you got, cause he's got to have an accent too. Right. And he's like, well, well yeah. Oh. Cause he's a bartender in South America. Yeah. Yeah. So he's totally cliched bartender, his buddy Manuel go figure. Um, cause he's a bartender in South America. Well, yeah, I know, but his name had to be Manuel. I... Cause he's a bar Mark. What? <laughs> His name had to be Jose. His name had to be Pocket. Look, just, I don't know what point you're trying to make here. What I'm saying is that his buddy was your cliche bartender in South America. He could just be a guy, no. And then he shows up and he's like, oh, you got shot. And he's like, oh, he's like, is the bullet still in there? He's like, no, I had it taken care of already. I just, you know. I'm, and he's just got he a little squeezed bit of it out himself. <laughs> he squeezed it out. I almost waited for him to say that he pulled it out himself <laughs> with his so, teeth, with his teeth. And then his buddy Manuel's like, okay. And then you come to find out, okay, not only did he get shot by the owner of the plantation, but he shot the owner of the plantation. Oh, that was just in the leg. He'll survive. <laughs> like, I was that's why I had to get out of there tonight before, before he's, uh, yeah, when he asks him to make him a fake ID, he goes, "Oh, I could have one for you tomorrow." No, nope, must be tonight. Well, shot a guy in the leg. Shot... He's come back to get me. Well, when he says he shot him in the leg, he'll be okay. I was waiting for Manuel to say, "Oh, but he died." <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the other thing is, like he said, because uh, this guy is very powerful and connected. Apparently, he's gonna send like all of the law after our hero, so that's why right. he's gotta get out of town. But he's still like, "Yeah, I'll just leave in the morning." Like. What <laughs> we've established that Manuel and Sam or whatever his name is, are great friends, and Manuel is concerned that because everyone knows they're good friends, that this is gonna be one of the first places they stop. But there's like 12 hours between the time that this revelation happens and the time the damn boat leaves, so I don't know what the there's like an urgent lack of urgency. Well, yeah, that's right, that doesn't make sense because they did say the boat leaves tonight, but then he said he'll leave in the morning. I right. just realized that now because they kept saying the boat leaves tonight. He even tells the guy, "I need the fake ID tonight." Right. Well, yeah. when when he when he pickpockets crawl, the crawl, uh, and says, "Hey, you can put my picture at it," because apparently Manuel just has a library of Sam's pictures handy. He goes, "You can put my picture on this, right?" <laughs> yeah. All right. Apparently, Manuel runs a little side gig where he's making fake IDs for people. Well, just yeah. Sam. Just Sam, because he's got a picture on file. Apparently. Well, Sam knows he could do it, so he must have uh, must have known he knows how to do this well, yeah. somehow. Somehow, yeah. Because he's a bartender. And... No, never mind. Uh... <laughs> yes, we get it, Ian. We get it. Okay, you're right. I'm wrong. Okay, moving on. No, just kidding. I'll just shut up now. You can talk. No, I was, I was joking that, that all bartenders in South America have, like, fake ID scams. Yeah, I know, like, right? The... the, the what, what what do you need to do that? What like kind of equipment do you need? Anyway, it's not important. But yeah, it's it's a very strange setup, and and I almost wish they'd never left that bar. That was a 
That was kind of an exciting scene. Just have the, the captain get off the boat, and then the rest of the movie just takes place at the bar. Actually, does he ever get off the boat? No. I don't think I ever saw him off the boat. The captain does not get off the boat, no. He, become, he becomes part of the boat when that machete, uh, that went like all the way <laughs> Spoiler, sorry. No, it's a spoiler room. That's fine. There uh, are some places where I could kind of hear... Uh, uh, I I can kind of hear him almost sounding like Tony Montana in the '83 Scarface. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, did Pacino watch the wrong Scarface movie when he was doing his? his well, his 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 accent kind of slipped in and out. He he, he kind of hid his accent <clears throat> when he was talking to people, but then when he's talking to who he thinks is his buddy Kroll and saying, "Hey, we're communists. We're gonna die for the cause." Suddenly, he just gets this really thick accent, and then it kind of goes away. And then it comes back, and and you know, and what I what I loved even more is the fact of they they have this film, and, and I think the only guy who you can really like connect is Peril. I love the Peril character, his sec, his, his his first mate, who suspects everybody. He are he sniffed out Sam right away as being a fake crawl. He he's like. I don't like this idea of taking passengers and the captain's like, oh, we're just taking a couple. And they got like a whole love boat crew. But Perro's like, yeah. Because uh, Perro is, is Spanish for dog. Um, so you got the, the Perro on the banya. You got the Perro on the toilet. So I guess. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, you hear about films, I'm sure some folks read about films of the 50s and just the, the propaganda. And this film, I Oh, mean, yeah. This is total Red Scare propaganda. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this guy's plan for blowing up the Panama Canal, I'm just like, what? <laughs> well, I mean, what, well, hold on. Walk me through this, guys. Like, what? Is the I, I get that you know it's a movie about communists and it came out in the fifties, but what is the problem with the plot to blow up the Panama Canal? Because I thought that was one of the cooler like elements to it, like the switching the boat and all that stuff. I don't. I, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with the plot. It's just it's obvious, you know, you know, communism scare, uh, communism scare film in a way. Like oh, the commies are going to come after us. And they're they're so into the cause that they don't care if they're gonna die themselves. So, I mean, well, I mean, apart, apart from the the kind of kamikaze elements, I mean, it was called an existential battle with communism for you know a yeah. good number of decades. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, that's I mean that's that's true. I just no, I don't have. I think it just caught me off guard. The scope of this plan, it, it just felt like. I did not expect that with a film Captain Scarface. And even when you read the synopsis of this, it it, it catches, it caught me off guard that I'm like, wait, we're going to do what? <laughs> I'm just like, I thought this was just going to be pirates and, and just, you know, they're going to disrupt shipping lanes by, by taking out some Western supply boats or pirating them or whatever, you know? I did not expect German scientists armed nuclear bomb to blow up the Panama Canal. That is just not something that I expected going into this film. So. 
Well, I mean, but yeah, that but that's the thing is like there was. I mean, look at like Operation Paperclip, right? The, the the thing is like as much as this was, or could be considered weird, like fifties propaganda. There's a lot to this movie, you know, because the American scientists and the Soviets wanted to get the German brain trust. Once the the you know World War II was over, they they didn't kill those guys. They right. put them to work for you know building technology that we use today. Um, so I think that's that's fascinating. Like I that there was a genuine mystery for half of this movie because there's that scene somewhat early on where is that couple, the older couple that are in their room and the wife is like, this is, you know, we've been on this boat before and we've had this exact same yeah. room, except there should be a porthole here and there's not. Mm-hmm. And she like goes through this elaborate thing, but like, yeah, in the nights I would open up the, or I would open up the, uh, the porthole in there in the day. Cause it was too, you know, hot and it would get breezy in the middle of the night. I'd wake up and close it cause it got too cold. And your bed, our bed was right over there. Hubby, don't you remember that? He's like, yeah, I do remember that. Isn't that weird that there's no porthole here? There should be. And they just kind of, they let it go. And then you find, come to find out is because it's not the same boat. It's made to look like that boat, but it's, it's a great idea. As I was saying, I was really bored by all the conversations and the kind of like the fake momentum of this movie, but I love the story of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, the the concept and the story were interesting. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, as much as I was taken aback by the scope, I loved that bit. I'm like, oh, okay, we we've got we've got here. You know, it, it's kind of like a fun pulp type novel to where you're reading it and suddenly, you know, your detective is taking on a shitload of Nazis. Which makes me wonder. I wonder if Dial of Destiny kind of stole. Dis, you know, Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny kind of stole from this movie. No, just kidding. <laughs> It wish it had. It wish it um, had. <laughs> well, one person that's seen this movie before we did. We ended up writing Dial of Destiny. <laughs> but but, I, but well, yeah, I remember also right uh, either right before or right after the scene that uh that, that Ian's talking about, they were discussing how there's a different crew on this ship and right. why is that? That seems so strange. Well, they probably disembarked and they put a new crew on to send us back and so yeah, there, there is that era of mystery. And this might be one of those movies where you know you hear people say it a lot, like you know, instead of remaking great movies, remake bad movies that had like an interesting premise that just didn't fully, you know, pull it off. <coughs> Not that you know, like like a movie like this. I mean, obviously you're gonna make it now. You're gonna have to change it from the Red Scare to something else, but. Yeah. Well, not necessarily if you go by ISS standards. Anyway, um, we'll talk <laughs> about ISS. I did actually drop my – I apologize to everyone. I didn't drop my one-minute review yet. I was still trying to put my words together Sunday, and then we, we had sports ball loss. So, uh, But, yeah, um, it was a good game still. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. This, this, would, this could do with a remake – because there's there, the the concept and the story are very interesting. It, it's kind of catches you off guard from the way it starts because you're like wondering how all these pieces are going to go together. I love the mystery with the boat. The boat I think was really interesting because the film opens up with a boat blowing up, and you see the lifesaver say SS Banos, and then you see that same lifesaver later, and you scratch your head a little bit, going, "Was that a was that a you know?" 
was that in the head and now we're doing flashback or what? So that was my initial thought. Yeah. That's what I thought too. And what I loved is that that was brutal because there was a person in that life rat or the, the, um, water life preserver. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the, the people, we don't really recognize them, but they're, uh, the crew is shooting at him with like automatic weapons. And the body like yeah and the body kind of like falls through the hole and then the rest of it just gets like i don't know why it was so upsetting to me but just to see that perfect like life preserver get you know the holes kind of popping up as it's it's riddled with bullets it was really creepy very intense and it wasn't matched by anything else in the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah it kind of makes me wonder like because uh, you know looking this up it's made by lincoln productions probably didn't have a lot of money Kind of makes me wonder, like, if it had been in the hands of, say, Warner Brothers, who put out, like, these great action movies at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and it would have ended up maybe in the hands of, like, a John Huston or something. Mm. If this could have been something really, really good. Because, yeah, the story is interesting. And there are moments, like the like the opening of this film, that are like, oh, wow, this is genuinely interesting. And then it just gets bogged down in all the dialogue. There's still some decent stuff that happens in it, but it's... It just never pick. It just never catches up to that pace from the first like five minutes. I was also. I don't know if you guys had this experience. Um, I got distracted. The guy, the guy Clegg, our, our yeah. weird henchman dude, who's around for the first part of the movie. I kept thinking. I was doing the math in my head. It's 1953. Sleepaway Camp came out in 1983. Okay. I swear to God, I thought he was the 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 old like head counselor guy, the the perverted dude, <laughs> got the arrow through the neck. They look like the same person thirty years removed. They do oh. kind of look the same, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I was waiting. It's not. I I, no. I, I, <laughs> I looked. I had nothing else to do. I was watching Captain Scarface. Of course, I looked. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> then I made my shopping list, and no. Uh, <laughs> So. I'm looking through this guy's filmography. I've seen him in a few movies. I've seen High Plains Drifter. Um, I've seen Maverick. I've seen How to Make a Monster. So I've seen him before, but he never stood out in anything to me. So, mm. Well, a number of these folks had done Westerns before. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, and we haven't talked about much about her because it is 50s and... and... <clears throat> She's mostly there to, I don't know, be the threat for Captain Scarface to her dad saying, if you don't arm the bomb, we're going to kill your daughter, Elsa, uh, played by Virginia Gray. She's unfortunately just kind of there. <laughs> yeah, we know what she's capable of. If you've seen like uh, like Sam, Samuel Fuller's Naked Kiss and that stuff, you've seen her in more fulfilling roles. Uh, but yeah, she's not given a lot to do here. She's just the damsel. She, she really is just the damsel, unfortunately. And, and at times, if they didn't keep bringing her up, you'd almost forget she was there (coughs) because she doesn't get a whole lot of screen time either. It's like, stay in your room. She's like constantly (laughs) just stay in your room. You know, the old folks are walking around, but, but for them, nope, nope. Just stay in your room. And it's like, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. It, it, you know, the I I never understood the I didn't understand the other having the other occupants on board because they I mean, outside of trying to maybe show the extra threat 
that they were going to blow these people up. But I thought he even mentioned at one point that, oh, no, we're going to transfer them off the boat, but we're staying on the boat to blow up the nuke. And I'm just like, what? why are these people here? <laughs> for cover, I guess, but... Or also for for the purposes of having victims. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be a terrorist, you're gonna have to have somebody that's a victim. You can't just kill yourselves and that's it. Well, I mean, if they have a nuclear bomb, they're gonna they're gonna take out some people, even if it's just along a, a canal. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. Like it does feel just like a like kind of like a body count movie excuse. Like I just, we just have to people this movie i mean it's we're already stretching to get to a, an hour and 10 minutes you know we we got to make sure we have enough people in here well let's not forget the banana and snake scene <laughs> oh that was the, uh, that was the two, board oh i thought that was the 2007 version of lady scarface no no that's a different <laughs> banana and snake oh scene okay sorry this banana and snake seed where we have our uh elder uh, mrs ditz uh, Diltz, that's her name, not Ditz, Diltz, sorry. No, she was a bit ditzy, but Diltz, uh, who's carried around this, <laughs> she's carried around this, I guess it's a turtle cookie jar, turtle cookie jar with a turtle on its back, <laughs> smiling, it's like, ah, it's like, <laughs> but she's carrying this thing around, she doesn't even leave it in a room, she's just carrying this thing around. That she and, bought for 25 American dollars in 1953. How much is that? Like 10 grand. That's no, something you get at the dollar store now. <laughs> well, it was completely like thrift store. You know, it's like, what are you doing? Your your grandkids, when you die, are going to get donated. Yeah, you know what? I just thought of that same thing. I'm like, that's that's one of those things that like your grandkids are going to have no idea. You spent that kind of money on it. They're going to find it after you die and be like, eh, Give it to Goodwill. Someone will buy it for a buck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I because she's carrying it around throughout the movie, and they keep referencing it. I thought, it, like inside, was going to be like secret plans or a weapon or something. It was just too obvious a MacGuffin, but no, it's just a dumb no, ceramic nothing. turtle. Just, just so you guys know that that turtle, that that ceramic turtle she bought for back then. Would the equivalent of two hundred and eighty-seven dollars? <laughs> no wonder the husband was pissed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and again, welcome, folks, to the spoiler room, the money conversion show. I uh, hope you enjoyed <laughs> this because, well, you know, reviewing and watching these movies, it is curious, you know, to see what that value is equivalent today because it seems like a lot even for back then. And then you find out, oh yeah, no, she bought this ceramic turtle cookie jar for 277 dollars that wasn't even worth 277 it wouldn't be worth 25 dollars now no. <laughs> no no but she carries it around and the reason i brought it up is she carries it around. and so what she does is she wants to get bananas from this huge because they just piled the shitload of bananas on the boat uh, there's no cargo hold or anything for these but they just they just have them sitting on deck at random, just this pile of bananas. And they're not even crates. It's just it's just piled on deck. And I'm like, I don't think that's how they transported bananas. But 
whatever. So she goes up and she goes, I, I watched some bananas. And the guy she's talking to just walks away like, yeah, whatever. So she starts digging through the bananas. And then they cut to this random snake. And it's push, push full of bananas. And she's sticking the bananas in the turtle thing. And all of a sudden, of course, you hear the scream and the crash. There goes 277 bucks right there. You know, she got bit by the snake. To which our hero identifies immediately what snake it is. <laughs> and that's what gives him away. I love between his handling the machete and identifying the snake, the snake, that's how Pero knew he wasn't the real crawl. I was just expecting the, her to like pick out a banana and start uncovering the nuclear bomb or something because I I didn't yeah the snake it kind of comes out of nowhere I thought she was gonna like take the wrong one out and all of a sudden it collapses and hey look there's a nuclear warhead <laughs> what about know, it, made about as much sense as anything well, else in this movie well well like how they hid the nuclear warhead they they the captain i love i love this you can tell the folks making this just you know they've read no books because the, the captain takes the german scientist out at first they gotta move a shitload of stuff away from the secret compartment door to where the bomb is supposed to be and they stick the german scientist in. and there's nothing but like radio panels lining <laughs> like where's the bomb we don't actually see a bomb ever we just see these radio panels it's the theater of the mind mark it's yeah. just off screen where we can't see it yeah. i was gonna say it's like every mad scientist set in the 40s there's the buzzy thing uh what, what does it do i don't know put it there it's a, <laughs> it's a science lab it's they gotta have them somewhere beakers filled with god knows what and there's always something going on and uh <laughs> What do they mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're mixing. They're just mixing stuff together. And well, well, the scientist is supposed to be doing stuff too. But every time we cut back to him, when the captain gets him onto arming the bomb, so they don't like dump his daughter overboard, he's just sitting in a chair. We never really see him working on anything. Every time the captain comes in the room, he's just sitting in a chair. <laughs> and I'm just like, where's the where's the bomb? Man, taking a break? What? I mean, shit, I mean, it, it couldn't cost that much to do a paper mache ball for crying out loud. You know, little. I don't know. <laughs> they spent all their extra money on Leaf Erickson and that turtle. Yeah, the turtle and Leaf Erickson and his. And that turtle his... was actually twenty five dollars. That's why they were like. <laughs> that's why you never actually see it broken because that's not. It actually broke it out of they've got a fake one that they bought for a buck on the ground and they still have the real one somewhere. But I mean, the whole purpose, it's like the whole purpose of having the couple on the boat is so she gets bit and dies. And so Sam identifies the snake and uses his machete to give him a way that he's not crawl. It's like, that's their whole purpose. <laughs> Are these two? And then you got the old radio guy. Supposedly, he's a radio guy. We don't know he's a radio guy at first either for a while until, uh, you know, not Captain America is talking <laughs> to him. <laughs> and he's like, I tried to get to the radio room because I used to work radio, but I can't because it's always locked. And it's like, oh, you're a radio guy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> where'd that come from? 
it, pulled it out of their ass like everything else. It, it you know, it it was this. this it's like you know, and it's called Captain Scarface because the captain has a scar on his <clears throat> face, and maybe they're cashing in on the Scarface name. From 20, 21 years ago, though? I Yeah, that's what caught me, too, is why it was actually called that. Because I'm like, that seems a bit of a distant stretch to, to put Scarface on there, you know. Like, well, I have a theory that Rulers of the City was renamed Mr. Scarface for the home video release in the early 80s to cash sure. in on the De Palma movie. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because like, like we established when we were talking about that, the movie's not about Mr. Scarface. Right. You know, um, and even after he dies, there's still another 20 minutes of movie afterwards. <laughs> so that was definitely like, I don't understand either here why there was the Mr. Scar, uh, you know, the Captain Scarface name, because it doesn't really figure in. Yeah, because because it, it, it's not gangster related at all. No. It's not like they're smuggling dope in the banana boat, which would make more sense almost calling it scurvy. You know, he, he's a freaking communist that's going to use his boat as a missile to destroy the Panama Canal. It just so many things. It's like, why Scarface? Yeah, because he had a giant scar in his face, guys. Well, I <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I well, I gotta say, like the 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 one of the drawbacks of this being in black and white is you don't really you see it intermittently it, it's more evident i think later in the film but if you look at the poster like go to imdb and look up captain scarface it's got this great painted poster and the grooves in his cheek are just so like pronounced it's, yeah yeah it's unpleasant to look at <laughs> yeah his um, scar is really evident it looks like a hook like he's got all like you know, Captain Ahab type look to him and shit. Right. Like I, if that were the iconography of the film, because it's just a little bit too bright, like the makeup doesn't show up. But if it had been more evident, like every time you see him on screen, I think the name would have like really worked. Yeah. I mean, on the poster, he kind of looks like Jonathan Winters. He, he does kind of got a Jonathan Winters type of look to him <laughs> for sure. Uh I want to. I want to see him. I want to see someone do a, a deep fake AI put Jonathan Winters into Captain Scarface. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. That'd be interesting. It would have to be somebody out there who actually seen this movie. <laughs> that's hey, that's we've seen this movie, so there you go. You know, wait. Oh, the big James Mangold saw this movie. We established that because of the Dial of Destiny. No. That's true. Definitely. <laughs> We're on to you, James. We, you had that conflict between between not Captain America and and Dime Store Barlin Brando at the end, of you know the fight between Sam and, and Captain Scarface, and and this fight actually isn't too bad until you get how Sam takes care of Captain Scarface. He literally throws this machete. He has to be like a boomerang, because if you look at the way this is edited. They're fighting, they're they're fist to cuss, they're fist to cuss. You know, uh Sam tried to go after him with the 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 uh, machete, but it gets knocked out of his hand. Fighting, fighting, tumble, fight. Captain Scarface knocks Sam to the ground next to the machete, and then Captain starts heading down the hallway around the corner. Now, if you pay attention to where <laughs> they are, 
Sam could not see Captain Scarface in real life, but he manages to grab said machete and throw it into the back of Captain Scarface. Though Scarface was headed down the hallway around the corner. I don't understand. <laughs> Sam's just that good. All alone. Huh? It's like this. Oh, go ahead, Ian. No, I was going to say, Sam was just that good. Um, it's like, it's but... like, the, like the sled from Home Alone where he's coming down the stairs. And you're like, there's no way he's going to make it out that door. Yet he does. <laughs> yet, yet he does. He angled it. He he managed to angle it just like. Just as he's coming off. Just as he's coming off. Just as Sam did with with this movie. You know, I, I'm with you. I would have loved to see a movie called Captain Scarface involving the captain, not on his boat, but just like antics in the hotel. <laughs> you know, Giant there you go. Of cocaine. There you go. Scarface Hotel. That's a, that's another movie. Scarface Hotel. Ooh, now you're talking. Scarface Hotel. I like that idea. Mm. Let's get on this. Let's fundraise this thing. We can write a script in two days. Scarface Hotel. It'd be like the opposite of the Continental. It'd be like all all the good, you know, assassin (laughs) guys. The the Scarface Hotel is where all the drugs run through. You got drugs in every room. It's got, you know. So every motel in a 90s uh, 90s post uh, Tarantino uh, crime film. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) They're all hotel Scarface. Every one of them. That's right. I was watching something the other night. Oh god, it was called Boogie Boy, and I put it on because I thought it was just going to be like this trashy action movie, but it was like this post Tarantino esque thing where it's uh you know a, a guy and his buddy uh, drug deal gone wrong. They go out on the run. They end up at this motel where like there's this shady shit happening. I'm like, this is every '90s action <laughs> movie after Pulp Fiction. <laughs> every one of them. Was it actually a '90s movie, or was it something? Uh, more 90, yeah, it was '97. Oh yeah, <laughs> we well, put it on because um, uh, Mark DeCascos was in it. We're like, oh okay. Oh, Mark, yeah. Mark DeCascos and Tracy Lords were like, oh my god, yeah, let's watch this. This is gonna be some shit. And it actually turned out, <laughs> actually turned out, it was not what we thought it was gonna be. We thought it was just gonna be like some weird action movie where like there's actually like some gay subtext between Mark DeCascos and another guy. And I'm like, wait a minute, are we, wa- <laughs> are we watching an actual attempt at making a movie? <laughs> This this wasn't this this wasn't by some cigar chomping guy who went oh yeah we got Mark DeCascos and Tracy Lords is uh, two million dollars you got uh, you got you got four you got four weeks go make it <laughs> give me six reels I don't care what it is I need six reels <laughs> um, I already pre sold it in uh, in uh, in uh, Germany I don't know yeah Germany whatever I, I needed to think of some Eastern European country. <laughs> The, the was one actual th- attempt at making an indie movie, and I was like, "Wait a minute, this is this is shocking." <laughs> the the one thing I kind of marveled at with the machete scene when Captain Scarface miraculously gets it in the back, we see it like it's not quite up to the hilt. There's a little bit of blade sticking out, but you realize just how deep this thing went. It looked like something out of Friday the Thirteenth. I was like, "This is 1953." Wow! Oh yeah, yeah. No, that machete got buried deep in his back <laughs> when he's falling. You're like, oh damn, no. There's, there's no question. He got, he got, yeah, he got cut. <laughs> and there's like a little bit of blood and everything. I was, I, I just expected something a bit more tame, I guess. But yeah. And then I just love how it's, it, it's one of those things where you have that for many years, even through the seventies. I, I do kind of miss the just abrupt endings of movies. 
Yeah, you know, like just just the so abrupt endings. Like this film, it's like they kill Captain Scarface. Okay, radio, we gotta head to the soldiers. Next scene, soldiers are on deck already. <clears throat> Guys are pulled up. They're already like resolved things, and you're just like, wait, well, holy shit, that was quick. Yeah, yeah, you got you got you got Peril with his hands up and the, the the navy surrounding him, and you don't even know how it happened. It all happened off camera. You don't need to know. You don't even know. You you cut from you cut from Sam having killed Captain Scarface to. Oh, the military's on board. Hey, all right. Thank you for turning it in. And everybody just leaves and credits. And you're just like, oh, you know, just like some of those those films in the 70s, the crime films where it was like the cops are pulling up to the bad guy or whatever, whatever scene. And you pan out credits and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's it's over? What? Well, because Captain Scarface is dead. The movie dies with him. Oh, yeah. It's a weird thing when, when you're not used to watching like these older movies because you'll be watching it. You'll be like, wait a minute. There's a lot. There's a lot still going on. And it, it hasn't started wrapping up yet. But this movie's only 65 minutes long. <laughs> We're 60 minutes in. When is this going to start resolving? Oh, OK. He got shot. We're done. That's yeah. it. It's over. It's just like those 50s sci-fi films that would just end. It would be like aliens dead. Oh, looks like humans win after all. Dun, 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 dun. And you're like, wait, wait, you got the spaceship yet there. You got these guys. You got... <laughs> nope. Done. We're going to cut. Print. Perfect. Let's go. We just Let's needed go. to make it to 70 minutes, guys. We didn't need anything <laughs> beyond that. <laughs> Once we get to 70 minutes, we're done. What's this 85 minute shit? We're not going for an Oscar. <laughs> I just need a B movie. I need a literal B movie for the second second hour. That's I it. mean that's that's literally what these movies were made for. Yeah. They were made to be the second supporting feature for some bigger movie. That's And you know that's what this was. This was the that, second, yeah. This, this was definitely was, that. This definitely was the that. second feature. They showed like, you know, some big day movie you have your little shorts let's all go to the lobby and then newsreel and then captain scarface <laughs> so, but you paid your dime fuck you're gonna stay <laughs> there for the whole damn thing well the, <clears throat> the purpose is they they don't think anybody's paying attention at that point right that's why the the sec the second feature the b movie never really mattered mm -hmm. because uh you're either drunk and passed out Making out with your girlfriend, uh, you know what, whatever other thing you could be doing, that's it. You're not paying attention to this movie, which is why all these movies always had like very simple plots because they're expecting by this point you're making out with your girlfriend, and then you know you might occasionally come up for air, and <laughs> the story's easy enough to follow. Although this one wasn't, this one was not easy to follow. But no, a lot of times that's all they were. That's all they were meant to be. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, Clegg, kiss, kiss, kiss. Wait, wait, what happened to Clegg? We're <laughs> we literally spend so much time with Clegg. You think he's gonna play more into the role, and and he just gets shot in the back by Manuel of all people. Uh <laughs> well, he's escaping over a wall, just that's it. Yeah, yeah. But never mind the fact that Crawl, who was supposed to be this guy who the captains worked with before. I mean, you already know the minute Captain is talking to Clegg and say, I don't have your money, Krull does. You're like, you know, if I was Clegg, I just say, 
I'm out the money and go have a beer. Because if you tell me you don't have the money, I've got to go talk to this guy who you've never met in a hotel room to get my money. I'm like, yeah, I, I, that's not fishy at all. And then he shows up and this guy who manages to be able to sneak a Russian, uh, a German scientist from the Russians because he was in a Russian prison. Okay. He manages that, but he pulls out the worst assassination attempt on Clegg ever. Clegg's got the gun on him and he's like, well, the money's in my pocket, you know, in, in there. And so Clegg is like, already suspicious of the guy he got the jump on him so he goes to get the money and this guy like instead of like shooting from his pocket he's like <laughs> like pulling his wallet out <laughs> only it's the gun but he's pulling it out and he's so slow with it and of course clay catches it because he doesn't sus he suspects this guy anyway i'm just like really this is the guy the captains worked with before <laughs> <laughs> Well, I gotta say though, Clegg was kind of a, a badass when he when he shot yeah. that guy because he was like he was like pumping him, he was airing him completely out. It was great. Well, Clegg gets the best line out of this entire movie. He gets that wonderful line where uh what is it? I've got it right here. I gotta know. Oh, give me the money or I'll keep pulling the trigger until you are so heavy you can't stand up. Stand up. I love yep. that line. I love I wrote it down because that was like the best line out of the whole movie. I'm like I want Clegg to live. I wanted him to live because yeah, he was the most interesting character in the beginning, and you thought you thought he would be there at the end because it's like okay, he's gonna be he's gonna be the real right hand man henchman, and yeah. no, he's not. He's dead in twenty minutes. Man, could you imagine if it was a story where Clegg shoots Crawl and he hides mm -hmm. from Sam, who takes Crawl's you know ID and gets on the boat. Then Clegg sneaks on the boat. So you've got Clegg on the boat who wants some revenge on the captain. You got <laughs> Sam on the boat posing as, you know, Krull. And then Clegg uses that, like, card, like, hey, I know this guy, Sam, you know, this guy isn't who he says he is, you know. <laughs> get, you like, just came up with a more interesting movie. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to need, you know, the nuclear blow-up Panama Canal thing. You no, it's not necessary. You could just have Clegg turning in this guy and then just have him be like dope smugglers or something. That's what Krull, you know, that's what he helps smuggle people. So Krull could easily just be the smuggler guy that's got the connections. And you wouldn't necessarily need to take it to a whole communist, let's uh, cripple the world by blowing up the Panama Canal angle. Uh <laughs> You just took bits of this movie and created the story for a more interesting movie. <laughs> like I could literally run with that screenplay and be like, oh my God, that's actually kind of a cool, that's actually kind of a cool idea for an action movie. That actually is. Yeah. You know, and you could even keep your, your supporting older passengers in there as well. Then, you know, it'd make a little more sense because you're transporting, you're posing as a, a, a fairy mm -hmm for the people getting them from point A to point B when actually you're smuggling drugs. You don't have to be, oh, we are going to blow up the Panama Canal and cripple capitalism. And it's like, And you could have that old couple get themselves in trouble by finding out something that they shouldn't find out. And they were going to make it off alive. But now you know, now you know this. So now you have to die. And that could be your big emotional moment, like 45 to 55 minutes in where, 
people are like, oh my God, now I want these bad guys to die. Yeah, and you already got a cool shot to where she's holding the turtle and she's with her <laughs> husband. Bad guy comes in because we're going <laughs> to have the turtle statue. Bad guy comes in saying, I'm sorry you had to see that. Bang, bang. You It happens off screen, but you just see the turtle uh, thing smash to the oh, ground. And then her hand lands on one of the pieces. Boom. Then you cut to the next. Look at that, huh? Right there. Or, or you have the husband dive in front of the bullets that are going for the turtle because he spent $25 American <laughs> on it. He, he dives to... You think he's going to rescue his wife, and he actually doesn't want the turtle statue to smash. I just spent, I just spent the equivalent of three hundred dollars on that turtle, and he, he got to save it. <laughs> but see, when we get movies like this, we always seem to write better movies than the spoiler. <laughs> and you can keep your budget low because you can keep the whole thing on a ship. Yeah, you, you still keep it on the ship. I mean, you could. It could literally almost do the same beats it does here it's just you end up not having the nuclear part you end up you know working clegg into the mix more because he was the most interesting character i thought he was good i didn't expect him to be a little bit more i thought he was going to get like off right away but they, we spend so much time with him i'm like no i want more of this guy yeah <laughs> but no we, we don't we get we get not captain america uh <laughs> Yeah, I took a bullet, but it's okay. We popped it out. That's all right. That's the problem. <laughs> to which is hilarious because he's only been on the boat like a day and he doesn't bleed much, apparently. He either cauterized the room or wound or whatever. But when Perro finally uh, sniffs him out and they sit there and he talks about, you know, they pull the bandage off. And he goes, oh, you heal very quickly. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He just got shot like a day ago. What do you mean he heals quickly? Also, that that line about you shot you shot a man tonight. Oh, it was only in the leg. It sounds like such a Monty <laughs> Python line. Just in the leg, it'll be fine. Well, he, well, he's such a toss up. Oh, well, nah, he'll survive. It's only in the leg. It's only a flesh wound. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, this guy's running around with a hole in his arm from the bullet he took from the guy, but he's just like. Oh, no, I'm fine. I shook it off because, you know, I'm, haha, I'm a Viking. I'm a man. I'm a man. Ha <laughs> ha. He's got uh, the super soldier serum in him. Yeah. He's got the super soldier serum. <laughs> That's right. He was the original Captain America. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was doing on the plantation, which was another line. That was a hilarious line. So what gives our guy away, Sam, is not only his, apparently his machete prowess, his ability to identify snakes. But then they look at him and they go, come to think of it, you do look a little brown. <laughs> and it's black and white. And he is, there is no tan on this man whatsoever. But they're like, you you do look a bit brown. And I'm like, what's that got to do with anything? Well, he worked out in the field, so he tanned. I'm like, I guess, but what? Maybe if he's just a fitness nut and he likes to work out in the sun. I mean, come on, you know he did have the 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 physique for it, so he could just be a fitness nut. But no, you know, no. Nope. Well, yeah, but but fitness nuts weren't really a thing back in the 1950s. It was just you know people were athletic, but they weren't like crazy working out like they are now. Yeah, I guess it's true. I don't know. But yeah, so Captain Scarface, folks. Uh, 
unfortunately, we, we had such a great run with our Scarface films. And uh, I started watching Lady Scarface because I thought it was going to be for this week. And then I realized, oh, no, it's Captain Scarface. But what I saw of Lady Scarface is already better than what we had for Captain Scarface. Is it a return to form? Is it like an actual crime picture? Yes. It, it is a crime movie. movie. I haven't seen it yet either. It, but is, I'm a, forward it is a it's a, a crime picture. And just from like the 15 minutes I watched of the hour some minutes that it was, I was already like, oh, this is a fun movie. I think we're going to have a, a, a lot of fun with this one um, because so, there's a little bit of misdirection. There's some fun dialogue, but it's definitely a crime heist film uh, involving uh, gangsters and such. Nice. So, All right. So, Anybody yeah. I know in that, I'm wondering about that. Because actually, uh, the guy that played Pero, I was um, I was like, where have I seen this guy before? And I f- realized he was in uh, he, he had a prominent role in House of Frankenstein. Uh, let me see, Lady Scarface. I'm going to see if there's anybody there's, in here that I'm familiar with. You got Dennis O'Keefe and Judith Anderson, who's in here. Oh, Mark Lawrence is in it. He's yeah. uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. So yeah, it'll be. So there's there's some if you see their faces, they're fairly recognizable. But yeah, just from the bit that I watched of Lady Scarface, that one I think will be a better experience for my guests uh, than Captain Scarface, which. Captain Scarface, you could watch. It's not like it's so awful you can't watch it, but it's it's not, especially compared to the other films we've watched, uh, the other three films we've watched. It's it's not great. <laughs> yeah, well, they can't all be winners, and well, no, maybe this will no. make us appreciate Lady Scarface even more. It, it, that could it, be. It, it hopefully well now you at least got a bar you got a comparison see you got an upper bar last you know two weeks ago with the original scarface from 31 and now we've got our you know our 53 scarface and then in between there we've got the 40s lady scarface so uh that's going to be next week folks hope you enjoyed this conversation about captain scarface and maybe it'll make you curious to watch it you know just to see some good old-fashioned Cold War propaganda written <laughs> to where the whole point is communism's bad uh, and they want to nuke us all. Uh, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank my guests. Thanks to our uh, folks who tuned into our stream tonight, our live stream. As always, we are live streaming these folks. If you're listening to this on the podcast channel. So if you're ever curious, uh, we are here Monday nights and yeah, now's the time for, I give my wonderful, patient and far knowledgeable uh crew members uh, the license to shill so joe please the license to shill is yours uh this week i'll be uh doing a couple episodes of the, of the literary license podcast um our next one is going to be covering uh the iron giant and uh, monster house and uh the one after that we're going to be doing sin city and southbound oh my god such so, a yeah. that's a great lineup yeah, so these are these are gonna be fun. Um, uh, yeah. Besides that, there's nothing really to show right now. Um, that's it for for the moment, at least. Iron Giant, man. I tell you, Iron Giant. I, you know, Bluff is up and down with me, but <laughs> Iron Giant, because that was Bluth, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was, uh, it was uh, actually. Bird. Yeah. Yeah, that was Brad Bird. Bird. Oh, Brad Bird. That was Brad Bird. Sorry. I always, I always, I think that's where he got the name for the bad, uh, is it Bad Robot, his production company? Yeah, that's, that's Bad Robot. Yeah, yeah no, I think it's JJ. No, no, that's JJ Abrams. Abrams. Never mind. Yeah. 
we're all we're all mixed up tonight but that's okay that's all right it happens uh we're human uh at least uh my two crew members are human i have no idea what i am but in any case uh so yes check it out literary license podcast a fun podcast to listen to and uh mr ian simmons i know you got some things to shill so please shill away um, I'm Ian Simmons. I run Kicking the Seat, which you can find at kickseat.com. And on YouTube, if you look up Kicking the Seat, I will be there. Um, got uh, interviews and reviews and live streams and all sorts of fun stuff. I'm currently at the very beginning of Hell Week. Uh, lots of stuff going on that will uh, pay off pretty soon, I hope, I think. And um, yeah, if you want to come check it out, see what's all going on, then what all is going on i promise i speak better when i'm running on more sleep which is never so i guess i just lied uh yeah come check me out robin in woods there no just kidding. it's one of my favorite parts of it's one of my favorite parts of medic kites is just the backwards talking sheriff dear woods dead robin in the <laughs> And here on SpecialArtProductions.com for all your movie man needs where you can catch uh, past episodes of The Spoiler Room if you don't have us on your favorite podcast feed, which you should, folks, because we got a lot of great stuff coming next month. Yes, is the uh, Solid Alibi Month, which we're going to look at films that have the word alibi in it, that deal with alibis. So that, that should be interesting. Definitely not in my normal wheelhouse, so uh, should be exciting. And if you missed it, I have two interviews that dropped on the podcast channel and the videos will be up on YouTube this week. One, I had an interview with the uh, director of a new movie starring Antonio Banderas called Cult Killer. And uh, that stars Antonio Banderas and Alice Eve, who a lot of people may remember from Star Trek Into the Darkness. She was uh, Carol Marcus, the one who uh, got down to her skivvies and everybody was like, we can't have that in Star Trek. And, and then I'm just like, you're Star Trek geeks. Yes, you can. Yes. <laughs> Did you see the dresses in the 66? Anyway, uh, John Key is uh, John Keyes is the director that I talked to. Uh, he also did a number of other indie films. So, And then I also talked to the director and two of the uh, stars of a slasher film called Scalper. Uh, we've we talked to him before, Chad Farron. Uh, we got a chance to talk to him again, along with uh, his co uh, the two co-stars of the film, which is uh, Kate Patel and Susan Priver. And those interviews are up, and those were a lot of fun to talk about the slasher film this week. I will have a uh, two more interviews coming up one with an actor named uh, Timothy Cox, who we've reviewed a number of his films on our channel over the years, Timothy J Cox. And I'm talking to special effects artist, Joe Castro. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. So check out those folks. And now I will stop babbling. And until next time, uh, yes, next week is lady Scarface. So uh, we'll just say a good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Hey, everyone. Looking for more Spoiler Room goodness? Then head on over to patreon.com slash Productions, where you can get access to even more wonderful podcast content. Hear the conversation that happens before the live broadcast. You can also get access to an exclusive VIP episode that you vote on that's especially for you, or get early access to all our videos on YouTube, plus more. So check it out there, folks. And the more you do there, the more we can do here. And remember, with the Spoiler Room, the conversation is fresh, uh, but we do spoil the movies.